Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Okay, Bob, you may have seen the news, but I'll just explain it to you here before we go on the air, okay? Mm-hmm. So no Jeremy today. And for some reason, folks at headquarters are a little bit worried. But if you look up our show, right, you go to the IMDb page, you go to Letterboxd, the highest rated episode was when I did this before. I'm going to go solo, right? Find out and talk about the stuff everyone wants me to talk about. I can do uh, Best of Bud Matt. We can do like the Roddy Strong round. I'll just, you know, I'll talk about all the stuff that everyone's been waiting for me to get into. And then like an hour, I'll throw it to you for your three minutes, and then I'll go back to the important stuff. You know, like we'll, that, we'll do that kind of thing. Use that call. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, actually, I got a call from HQ earlier today, and they're like, we can't let Joe do this on his own. Can you fill in? And that's actually why I'm here. Feel it like for the whole show? Yeah, yeah. Well, why can't I just do that? It seems like this is the perfect chance for me to like really, you know, because people always say to me, you don't talk about Buddy Matthews enough and Roderick Strong and – yeah, I mean, you know, they're just worried about the ratings. Just they want it to stay kind of steady overall. I know you had the one episode, but they don't know that you can capture that again. Okay, well, at least, like, you're getting Jeremy's pay, right? Yeah, Jeremy's and yours, yes. Mine? Yeah. Man, fuck Bob O'Neill. And I said, psychosis! This was all pals and O'Neill. Starts a feud from the jaws of victory With a point gun and a chubby cheese Extraction what a time to be alive bob <laughs> what a time they've trusted us with this stage huh you and i a couple pals from the grinner circle <laughs> on the main fightful channel distracting some folks bob how are you on this wonderful thursday evening I'm doing well, man. You know, uh, we got some nice weather here, which you don't really expect in December, but I'm really happy about it. Got the window open, got some fresh air coming in, and uh, it's good stuff. Have you heard that, that winter is coming? Winter is coming. That's correct. Yes. Yes. And that is one of our main topics today here on the Distraction Podcast. This will be a very professional program. As you all know, Jeremy always, you know, leads us down these dark alleyways and hijinks. Oh, you, Bob, you know me. I'm a serious podcast host, right? So no time for shenanigans here. Um, now, with that being said, all, all jokes aside, I know the chat we're talking about and stuff, 
if you were on this channel, you saw earlier Sean's video about the Jeff Hardy news and like, the, I mean, I can speak for Bob on this. Neither of us know nearly enough to give any kind of comment on that. So like, if it's a super chat, obviously I'll read it. If it's a comment, like you want to say something about it, that's fine. But um, I don't think, Bob, you know, you can offer your perspective, but like that doesn't feel like a topic for you and I to kind of delve into, right? No, I don't think so. Um, I think especially at this point, we should just let it be for now. Um, I think all we can really say is the same thing that everyone else has been saying. Yeah, exactly that. We hope that, that Jeff is well, obviously, and and um, so on and so forth. Is my connection breaking up, Bob? Uh, a little bit, but nothing too bad. So you're good so okay. far. In a, minute, Skibby, in a minute, it's going to be your solo show. So just everyone hold tight for that because there's some problems here. It's not mm -hmm. ideal. Winter is coming. I warned you all. Let's get to those aforementioned super chats. Uh, here we go. Riley here comes. So all the hook fans out there, get loud, get rowdy. We are all hookers. Bob, your thoughts on being a hooker? Do you confirm or deny that allegation? Um, no comment. Wow. Always coy, Bob. Always coy. <laughs> um, JJ, the great JJ, big star. Uh, he says... Hello, my favorite big chief. Hope you're doing well. Love to you, Jeremy, and all the grinners. We're doing good, pal. I kind of worked people in thinking this was going to be a solo show. I'm not that insane. I did it once before, never again. We've got great boy O'Neill here to join me instead. Um, a lawyer here claiming that, no, a, this is factual. Bobbers yeah. are, in fact, better than hookers. Um, take that out of context and do what you will with it. Billy Gunn off TV, James says, is going to hurt the ratings this week. Factual. Speaking of such, AEW Dynamite. An eventful show, to say the least. The first 30 minutes of it was an absolute just <laughs> roller coaster. The Battle Royal, there was there was a great tweet about it where someone was like, more happening in that Battle Royal than has happened in full Royal Rumbles before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, they, a lot went on there. Bob, it looked like a slightly divisive episode. I personally loved it. Where were you at on Dynamite this week? Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. You know, I was thinking like around the right kind of in the middle of uh rio and jimmy hater i'm like this has been a pretty good show and they haven't even done the main event which i was looking forward to the most yet so yeah no i was i was a fan of it i think they did a really good job i think uh there wasn't like a ton of downtime just kind of everything had a point and that's kind of all you can look for in a wrestling television i've realized after two years here people have very while like the fan base obviously shares a an interest in the show there's a difference in what people consider to be dynamite at its best, you know? And I have to say that for me, for good and bad, last night was an example of what, where I'm personally at on the best side because it was chaotic. There was stuff that obviously went wrong from a production point of view. <laughs> there was some stuff that kind of made you scratch it in terms. And then it was like the classic angle playbook. Um, I howled with laughter at poor Julia Hart. Bless her. That was just an incredible visual, an incredible moment. So, it was dynamite at its utmost in every which way. It was it was it was carnage. The pacing, man, when when they're on like that, the, the pacing is something else. Now, you're a big John Silver guy. I want your I want your latest thoughts on the whole Dark Order saga. You know, the Brian Danielson, he's he's now obviously at the at the boss, Hangman Page. What was your thoughts on the match last night? And then afterwards we'll get into the to next week. But firstly, Silver and, and Brian. 
yeah, I mean, I loved it. You know, it, uh, they're really two of my favorite wrestlers, so I was always going to like it. But, you know, the thing I like about John Silver matches is, you know, he gets a lot in and he makes you believe that he could win, even though you know he's not going to, like, you know, going in, he's not going to beat Danielson. Right. But it's like they gave him enough. And even when uh, even when he faced Cole on Rampage, like, you knew he wasn't going to win that match either. But he gets enough in and he, you know, makes you believe. And that's, that's nice because there's not a ton of guys that do that anymore. And in addition, you had the situation where, because Brian had been pretty decisive over the other Dark Order members, it made Silver look better by comparison, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. If Brian had gone 12 minutes with all of them, he has less punch when he does it against Silver. So it was absolutely a hit. The question is, and Bob, you're very online, as we all know, famously online, Robert O'Neill. What is the, where is your percentage at? as you see more and more people that you and I respect leaning towards this take that Brian Danielson should be winning the AEW title next week. So I know both of us, we share an instinctive, hang on a second, wait. <laughs> but are you like, are you wavering on it at all? Or are you still set? No, I'm really not. Because I think, you know, Hangman beating Danielson when Kenny couldn't is kind of like the fi- the final uh, like check of that story, right? Like, yeah. I did this, you couldn't do it. And I don't know, like... To have him lose his first title defense, I understand the chase was good, and you know the title run can't really live up to the hype of the chase, and that's just something that's going to happen. But like, to have him lose his first title defense, yeah. just I, it's I don't. Right, it feels like one of those deals where it's like, look, the chase may be the money, but you can at least <laughs> you can try to make the the rain live up to it, right? You can you can try to make that worthwhile. Um, I don't know if Bob's froze or I have froze. Seems bad. Chat, no. tell me if I'm freezing so I can remedy this. This is very concerning. Um, yeah, your um, your video has kind of been lagging a little bit every so okay. often, but the audio hasn't dropped. So, okay, so I, I can keep talking without yeah. killing the program. Yeah. All right. I look. You got to try to make the title reign live up to it. You may know you're up against it because the chase was iconic, but you got to try one defense. I think it's too quick to pull the plug on. On basically your promotional ace. Now, quickly, let's circle back to these super chats. Um, good question here from Ryan. Have you got the scoop on this undisputed elite gear that you were tweeting about, Bob? Yes, I uh, got the original sweatshirt in my mentions like seven different times yesterday. Um, didn't ask for that, but you know. <laughs> yeah, it would be funny if this whole thing never happens, right? <laughs> Just yeah. none of it happens. It would be an incredible <laughs> bit. Um, now, look at this. Bob, what do you call Ruby Solo? This is a game changer for your bits. Yeah, no, I call her Ruby Solo because she doesn't have any friends. Now, how do you feel about the idea that her destination is unknown, Bob? Well, I think, you know, last night her destination was uh, UBS Arena in Long Island. <laughs> it's just it's, it's two now with Ruby. I appreciate that. It's good stuff. Um, okay. Chops, we're going to circle back to this this Cody Rhodes topic. Very, very <laughs> scary times and a complete victory lap for our friend Jeremy Lambert. So we, we shall see. Um, Frank here showing some love to the tremendous Nyla Rose bit with the uh, <laughs> with the with the attack on Ruby. Yeah, so bless, just just bless Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Every time that Jeremy Lambert informed me. He's going to be the next TNT champ. I rolled my eyes because I'll be honest, I didn't even think, I didn't think it was a chance that we were going to get the match, right? Not even, didn't even cross my mind. Bless me. I'm, I'm so innocent here. You know, Cody does his stuff in the verse, right? As we wait for the next WWE guy. He'll feud with Kyle O'Reilly for six months. 
And when he came out, he had the burns on his arm. <laughs> I swear to you, I was like, oh, my God, Jeremy Lambert is going to win. <laughs> I don't think he is. I think it's pretty obvious that Scorpio is going to go after that, so it wouldn't, yeah. you know, it wouldn't make sense. But what what was your reaction when that music hit and out come Code Man, Burns and all? <laughs> what was your response? Honestly, I just thought it was funny. Like, I think that's just all you can do with Cody at this point. Like, yeah. And the part at the end where he didn't know which tunnel to go back through, just excellent stuff. <laughs> He's, I said this last week, <clears throat> I don't know what the end game is. Is segment for segment for me, right? Like, mm-hmm. is he entertaining this week? He popped me tremendously this week. His whole thing this week was incredible. The tunnel, and as Dave mentions here in the chat, the line about from one good guy to another. <laughs> Just <laughs> come on, man. And like, here's the thing with that stuff. If you don't like it, I get it completely. You know, like Bob, we can't all be as into it as Bob, where he cried with tears when when um cried tears of laughter when, when the golden shovel came out and he took a victory lap. Yeah. You know, like I get it if you don't like it, but I am at the same point Bob's at, right? Just, I can't help but admire the, just the, the moxie of it all, man. Just, just a man living in his own medium altogether. Incredible. Um, Franco, power the show here, sending a nice little super chat. No comment, Franco. If I, if you want there to be a comment, please send it in. I'll read it without the super chat. If not, all how. Um, so, Last night's show opened with a pre-inside baseball event, right? Mm-hmm. Because we all know that CM Punk and Co. saw the tweets about NJF should open first dance coming out to Punk's music, right? He's referenced it. He's talked about it. Tony's talked about it. I'm pretty sure this has been a thing. And we know the tweets existed beforehand. Yeah. I have to say that was truly brilliant to switch it completely and have the opposite happen in in Long Island, and Punk basically cut his version, like he's kind of like parody of a set of a, an MJF promo, <laughs> and he went back to the Four Islanders fifteen times over. It was incredible. I thought. What was your reaction to the opening? Firstly, the fact that it was purely a pop us Twitter nerds alongside the actual wrestling segment, but then the the segment itself. Oh yeah. No. And when they do stuff that, you know, is just to pop Twitter, you know, I, um, I'm cool with it because I'm part of that. Like when they did uh, cleaner, I got this a couple weeks ago, just incredible <laughs> stuff. Um, you know, it's something that only a few people are going to understand, but you know, I'm one of them. So, um, yeah. but yeah, no, I'm glad they did it. Cause you know, that's something that everyone's kind of been talking about doing for extended periods of time with CM Punk and for Punk to actually, you know, be the one to do it was hilarious. And yeah, I mean, Kind of the most uh, like heel promo we've seen from him so far. He's just, and this is a great comment from Zodiac. You can see on Punk's face how Fugoy is so fun to be a heel. You know, we got a little bit of a Kingston, right? You know, mm-hmm. I'll never forget him looking at the people when they're booing him and being like, I'm going to kick the shit out of this guy, right? And he reined in with the knees and he really has had some fun playing with that. But this was almost to like an an absurd degree. It was so over the top. He was, you know, he was trying to get those people to boo him and it worked. At one point he got the, you know, shut the fuck up chant, which Bob, I hope no one's saying that in our chat right now. That'd be sad. <laughs> um, it was, well, I got the sense, and this isn't the perfect comparison for a range of reasons, to say the least, but I think all involved and everyone that loves pro wrestling loves the whole thing about, you know, Brett being a baby face in Canada, right? 
Mm. And I think the collective decision was, you know, let's just let these people cheer MJF. Now, in the end, he was still MJF. He was still as, as dastardly as ever and still very much the villain. But I thought it was refreshing to see them lean into him getting cheered and actually encourage it in a lot of ways. What's your thoughts on that as a wider talk? We see it, you know, WrestleMania, uh, the, the Monday after WrestleMania, we always see this kind of guy. Bizarro world and all that stuff. They really lent into it and let the people cheer him here. Was, was that for you or not? Yeah, I mean, I think you can do it when you're in someone's hometown or whatever. Like, you don't necessarily need to stick to the alignments. Uh, that's it's not a big deal to me. Because they're going to cheer him anyway, so, like, right. you might as well get out in front of it. I always remember the Young Bucks saying, your favorite tag team, Bob. Um, they were talking about how lame they think it is when a heel gets cheered and they, like, go out of their way to dunk on the fans. And what they were saying was, if a heel was really that arrogant and egotistical, they would love the fact that the people cheered them, you know? Yeah. And like they were talking about how some of that old school wrestling stuff, the psychology of it isn't as good, you know, as kind of grounded as you would think. I think MJF, this was the perfect example. Why would you have him go out there and cut a promo burying the crowd? He would love the fact they cheered him. And the video package was perfect. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. Where do you think the whole... Like, Punk and MJF, last night was the first time, Bob, that we heard Punk talk about the title. He said, I'm watching next week's title match, right? Mm -hmm. So two questions. Number one, where do you think this, when do you think this match is taking place with MJF and Punk? And then two, who's winning and what does it mean for that title? What's your, your instinctual response to that? Yeah, I mean, I, it's tough to pick a winner, right? Because, like, you would think if you're going to do a title match with Punk, he should win it, right? Like, maybe MJF doesn't have to win it, but if you're going to do Punk, he should win it. So, mm -hmm. but, like, is it too early for him to do that? But I, I think either way, the actual match is probably going to happen at um, you know, either New Year's Day or what is it called? New Year's Bash, what they call it? The New, New Year's, Year's Show. Smash. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Or um, that first TBS show. I think they're going to do it at one of those. I mean, like, I would probably have MJF win, just go into a feud with uh, Page and be like, you know, I beat CM Punk. You know, I can do whatever now. And then I'd probably have Page retain. And then, because I think it should be Cole or Punk that takes the title off Page. I don't think it should be MJF. Because MJF is champion, and we've talked about this a little bit before. I don't know necessarily how that would look. It's interesting, right? You and I, like, I, look, I wear it on this show, man. I talk about it. He, I change my mind on MJF every week. Yeah. He was brilliant this week. Oh, oh yeah, was he absolutely. great? And the stuff he did in the ad, bro, I don't know how much of it you guys saw, but, like, the crowd was chanting, like, one more time when he ran in and punched someone and then left again. And, like, he was, like, written, like he was doing a Ricky Morton hot tag. Like, mm -hmm. his instincts are awesome at times. And he has this great, like, ability to kind of, just the way that you can get a crowd going is, is tremendous. And as Frank mentions, the way that he recreated that entrance was just, that was, that was wonderful. He was brilliant. So when mm. I see that, I kind of go, he could be champ. He shouldn't be behind Adam Cole. But then in terms of overall polish, there's a lot to be said for Cole. Um, so you would say, so what would be your preference between Punk and Adam Cole in terms of next champ? I mean... I think you can do you do Cole and then you have Punk take it off of him and then you run a Punk and Brian program for the title. Okay. Um yeah, but I mean this is you know like well Long, into this time yeah. next year. So Yeah, I think we both agree, Hangman. I mean you don't want to put a date on it because that's not how wrestling, but like you should probably get to a double or nothing, right? 
a six yeah. months. That's that seems like a a pretty nice like kind of just just lock that in. Um, I like this from Ricardo. My super chat. He says the crowd was heel, and I'm here for it. There was a nice element that we were just living like it's, it sounds dumb because I just buried what they do, but like. It was Bizarro World in kind of a fun way, right? It was yeah. like, let's just switch everything around and see how it feels for a little bit. MJF making a babyface save and then immediately revealing his true colours. That was perfection. That was great, great stuff. So, yeah, no, there was a lot to like. Um, okay. This is... <laughs> Drew here with a, with a, a deepest ones for you, Bob. Super Chase says, I want to be an asshole, but still seen as a good person too. Why can't it be this easy outside of professional wrestling, Bob? You've you've tackled this a lot in your, especially in your time since being a podcast star. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not easy. There's a balance to it, but once you figure out that balance, man, you're golden. There you go, golden. And does Bob not look golden right now? Compared <laughs> to me, he does look golden. To be fair, he looks like he's sitting on a beach compared to me. But I'm, yeah, I'm intrigued by this timeline. Battle of the Belts. Like, I guess you can get Hangman ready for a title defense for Battle of the Belts with someone else, but I think it's a big enough main event. Battle of the Belts, I know people want a title match because of the name, but she's thinking of it as a big-time special. You know, MJF CM Punk with what would have been about six weeks of build, I think that could main event your first special. I really yes. do. And the question is, is, like, to me, my guess would be, that whoever wins that match and however it ends, you run it back at Revolution, so you let the feud continue. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the thing is, if not, it's if you run that New Year's Smash, which is a fair suggestion on your part for sure, but then it's like, okay, so then what's your big match for the special? Who do you get ready for Hangman? Yeah, it's difficult, right? Yeah, and that's the thing too. Like, because you know that first TBS show, I think the main event is going to be the TBS title, which you know that makes yes. sense. Um, yep. So yeah, you do need a big match for Battle of Belts. And you know, with that show only being an hour, like if you put Punk and MJF there, you're taking up probably almost half the show. So right. you can do it. Yeah. The hour format, if that is what this is, is going to be fascinating. Right? Like the idea that you can the idea that you need to do something that feels completely separate from what Rampage is. Yes. Because like I love Rampage. However, it, the vibe of Rampage is it's a nice wrestling show. And you want to make the specials feel like pay-per-views, basically, like mini pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. And watching them try and find that balance will be interesting. Clearly, they have the talent for it. You know, there's no toys about that. There is some talk, and this is intriguing to me. Uh, let me find who said it first. See, the, the belt stuff is, this is where maybe I'm, I'm missing, the, I'm losing the plot. Dave says, I hate to say it, but I could see a universe where Codeman wins the belt. And the main of Battle of the Belts is Hangman versus Cody. See, here's the thing, guys. Many people are talking about the belt stuff. I don't think... I mean, I could be proven completely wrong here. I just think that name is exclusively Tony Poppin himself regarding Clash of the Champions. Um, I don't... <laughs> I don't think, like, they're trying... I don't think they're trying to frame it as a gimmick of the belts. Does that make sense? Like, Clash yeah. of the Champions was just the name of those specials, and this is their tribute. Yeah, well, because a lot of those, you know, Clash of Champions weren't, like, main-evented by a one-on-one title match or, like, tag matches, or they do, you know, I know right. Four Horsemen would get involved with some stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't necessarily, like, this has to be a match for a big title. It was, that was just the brand, right? That was, yeah. the, and, and that's what I'm kind of getting at. Now, look, I could be completely wrong. 
it could be title versus title every single time. But I just now Jason's correct here too. Like the 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 promo is the champ. So we shall see. Um but I am I am kind of fascinated just to see what that program looks like in terms of format. Yeah. Riley here with another super chat. We appreciate Riley. He says, I will say whenever MJF is to win the world title, it should be on pay-per-view and then Fallout, the pay-per-view show, should be in Long Island. It depends how you want to portray it, right? Like if he's gonna like rob a hangman page for the belt, then it's like I don't know if I'd want him going back to Long Island to get a hero's welcome yeah. and stuff. You know, so it depends how you do it. But I agree. I mean, the moment would be would be spectacular. Um, now this is interest this is a big topic for today, Bob. Okay, Curtis yep. is he's thrown the lob up for us. He says, "Do we think Winter is Coming has a yearly big debut, or just the original for Sting?" Now there was a podcast clip on the the uh, the Barstool pod that Tony Khan was on. Sorry, I forget the name, but it was. There was a clip, the confirmed shoot sent it to me of, of him saying, him very coyly saying, Bob, I have a surprise, right? Like he got asked, he said, yes, I have a surprise. So the question is, what is that surprise? Is it winter is coming? And why is Wyndham coming? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like your mind goes right to him or Kyle O'Reilly, right? Like just off yeah. the bat, just because of convenience sake. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't like... I'm interested in seeing, and I was kind of thinking about this last night, like, is this um, is this Malachi Black varsity blonde stuff just a one-off, or is Malachi going to, like, need a tag team partner, and they're going to bring that person in at Winter's Coming? Because then, yeah. you know, it, it might be Bray then. Um, I think that's Brody. And that's Brody King. Yeah, and I mean, the is Brody King, and there's no offense to him, I like him a lot, is he, like, a big enough surprise? But, I mean, that's something that we've ran into with Christian, too, where everyone's right. definition of that is different. So, Well, the the key there is that, like, in Tony Khan's defense, which, you know, surprise, um, because he hasn't made a big deal of it and he just answered the question, I think Brody's mm-hmm. a good enough surprise. You know, because remember, Sting wasn't even teased, right? They just It just happened. Like, they didn't, yeah. I don't think they even suggested anything was going to happen. The podcast was was rustling with, with Brandon Walker. Um, okay, so, yeah, that, I, I haven't watched the full interview, but I'm told Tony does very good stuff there, so go check that out. Quick super chat here from Matt. Oh, how? He says, what if Battle of the Belts is TNT versus World Title and Cody beats Sammy at Christmas, Cody is full heel against Hangman? I didn't, I didn't say anything to it. I just, I'm always hesitant about title versus title because it's it's difficult to book without you know we see it with survivor series every year right like mm-hmm. how do you book that without immediately making the, the other title seem inferior yes do you do a deal where you have a tnt champ beat the world champ to earn a world title shot and then he loses that and then it's like we're equal i don't know it's it's a hard what do you think about that as a concept in general the, the whole title versus title thing yeah i mean i don't love it because yeah then you either make one of your champions look bad or the one who wins either has to just vacate one of them or gets pinned for it. I mean, it's, it's not like yeah. something that's easy to, I think, maneuver and like make your, all of your guys still look good. Yeah. It's difficult. Um, quickly to answer Frank's question here, the Christmas Eve rampage is now on Christmas day. Oh. I do not believe we have a time for that. Right. I'm, I mean, yeah. I hope it's not going to be the same time. <laughs> you can move a little bit early, please. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's the yeah, one because I thought he meant I thought he Go meant ahead. Christmas Eve as well, and uh, yeah, Christmas Day. That's pretty cool. 
Yes, Christmas. Um, and folks, here's a plug for you on the on the post show of this program. I do intend to talk with Bob some about the about Christmas wrestling. It's a topic him and I have talked before because for those of you who don't know, that is Bob's birthday. That means Cody Rhodes with a new TNT champion <laughs> on Bob's birthday. Um, now I will say, Bob. I'm sure you saw last night. You watched the program four times over and took notes. When when young Eddie Kingston began to talk and there was no sound, I've spent all of today assuming that's what will happen when I host this show. Like it would just be us, just to we'll think we're doing a really great show and we'll never check the chat out of fear. And then afterwards, it'll be like we didn't hear anything you guys said. So, um, what was your thoughts on on that little direction they took there? Because there's something to Santana and or in this case just Ortiz, but you know we know what's coming with Bob. With Bob, I'm sorry, the chat. With Chris Jericho looming, that seems interesting. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't know, like, is Eddie Kingston going to try and, like, get those guys away from the inner circle finally? And that's just kind of how, like, they write that off, and that's kind of what we've been looking for. Or, you know, is Jericho not going to be back and Kingston's just going to team with those guys instead of uh, Jericho against 2.0? I think it's a deal where I think Jericho comes back and you kind of play out the resentment, right? Yeah. Like, why are Santana and Ortiz pals with the guy that didn't save me? Right? And, like, you just you let Chris kind of lose his mind. I think at this point in Chris Jericho's career, him him playing the heel that has kind of lost the plot makes a lot of sense. Kingston is beloved, obviously. Um, it would have been nice if we could hear what he said last night. It's always ideal when someone's talking. And uh, there was a great moment. When that happened... I text Shu and I said, I assume we wasn't supposed to hear him. Like, question mark. And Shu replied, I definitely wouldn't assume that, <laughs> which, which was a very, very, very fair response. So, yes. Um, I love the idea of Santana and Ortiz of King. I just, if they're going to do it, I hope that they, the conclusion is Kingston just being like, you guys go and win those tag titles on your own, right? Like, you don't need me. You don't need Chris. I think that's, I think that's the, like, the the play here in the end because it's just it's difficult as a fan of theirs. I like that they're always factored in in some regard, but mm-hmm. you want them to have their own thing, right? Like you want yes. them to, you know. And there's a good spot for most teams, but they're an absolute top top team, um, so they can you know, they have a, they have a higher ceiling than that. So this is fair, Evan, but also please please don't make me watch Eddie Kingston do a silent movie with. Ortiz, like, telling him to be quiet. I'm sorry, I can't. I have my limits when it comes to authenticity, but you're correct. Um, now, Bob, you love your search from Dark Order, right? I do. Now, I take your Dark Order and I raise you, the best friends, who are now a family with chaos and also feature officially Sue in chaos, <laughs> which means she's in the same faction as Tomohiro Ishii and Kazuchika Okada, which is tremendous in many, many ways. That was a nice deal last night, right? Like, great execution. Tremendous example of that act kind of being, like, the the wholesome part of the promotion, right? Yeah. No, I mean, that that ruled. I liked it. Like, I liked the match itself a lot, but, like, the post-match stuff was excellent. Like, I didn't even think, oh, maybe Trent will come back. It wasn't even on my mind, so it really did pop me. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's really interesting. Like, this talent roster is such that, Trent is a guy that honestly, in an, in another scenario, you could easily look at what Trent has in terms of skill set and be like, Trent's a player, right? He's a guy you can easily rotate out into big singles matches. 
And mm-hmm. obviously, because of his injury problems, like he's you're not going to be rushing to that now. But it, that's the team. Like him and Chuck could easily get those belts eventually. And that's a queue now. There's a queue forming in terms of the tag titles. This is a, a serious roster, and sometimes it's easy to forget that until you kind of see it in motion. Like this show here is a perfect example. You had the the, the uh, battle royal. You had an eight man tag. <laughs> you had now the other tag match. Like there's a whole lot of depth. Speaking of such, I have to say, Bob, this is my time to let the chat take a victory lap, okay? On her first showings in AEW, I was unsure on what Jamie Hayter's ceiling was because I could tell there was something there, but, like, the chat kept saying she's she's got to be champ soon. Like, she's she's a, you know, so you a building block, an absolute star. And, like, first few matches I saw flashes, but not nothing that made me that confident. This last two outings she's had, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, she's been, she's just been spectacular. This match last night, I honestly thought it was the best match on the show by, like, a decent distance. I thought it was just spectacular. Where is you at on this one, Bob? Riho and Jamie Hager. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, you know, I was kind of back in the fold because she's very good. You know, she was kind of off for a while. And, uh, yeah, Jamie Hader really is putting it together here. I Oh my God. What was Finish or what have you. I think when we get the actual match, it will probably be. It'll. Um, we good? <laughs> yeah, good. we're good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I just. I think it's going to be Britt's uh, best title defense once we get to that. And yeah, I mean, shout out to Jamie Hader, too. That was an excellent match. Uh, I really enjoyed the Brain Buster and uh, just good stuff. If the chat got the experience I got, because earlier on, Bob, I'm regret to inform you that you were freezing. Mm and my experience there, and I'd like the chat to confirm they got the same, was that the audio stopped. And when your video resumed, the audio just played as was. So you're, you were sitting just still while, you're, <laughs> while you spoke, <laughs> which was quite the, it was quite the visual. Um, they got the same experience. Bob, would you like to use your, your new like extension thing that you paid money for? Is that, not, is that not available to you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I haven't completely dropped out today, so that's good. Um, but, you know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, that's fine. I'm just, you know, I'm, look, this is perfect. It looked like he was eating air. Air. The man was eating air. <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. Now, Riho is someone that, honestly, listen, folks, if you're a professional wrestling fan, you have to concede the deal. Yeah, everyone has to say it before they say any opinion, right? Well, you know, the it's subjective and all that stuff. I'm kind of... I'm kind of amazed at how divisive Riho is. I think she's one of the safest bets in the whole division to have a great match. She is the idea that her size is like a flaw when she uses it the way she does and she sells the way she does. I find to be insane. Like it's look, it's one thing if she went out there and she stood in front of Jamie Hayter and they traded strikes and she hit her with lariats and she sold. She mm-hmm. just. She, she is an honestly a top tier baby face. And um she's a real a real kind of a centerpiece of the division in a way that because of many circumstances we haven't seen in the last what 18 months now. Yes. Now the key is, and I've said this elsewhere, when this Brit program concludes, however long it'll be, I assume it will just be the next match and that'll be done. They have to find a way to keep Reho factored in. They just mm-hmm. have to. This talent, this division has got a lot better in terms of depth and stuff. 
and Yin Ring is continually kind of climbing. Mm-hmm. But Riho remains one of the absolute elite among those those names. Like, where have you? Because I assume you didn't watch a lot of the early AEW stuff, right? Like, did you see any of her title reign? Um, not really. Like, I saw I think a couple of the pay per views, but yeah, I wasn't like watching the weekly TV then. So this is like your first real Siren big matches, right? This last couple of weeks. Yes. Okay, so where would you put like? And this is obviously a tough question off the top of your head, but in ring, if I said to you, you rank like who you're most confident in having a a show stealing match. Give me your like top names in the AEW Women's Division. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I think Sheeta's up there. Um, I think Serena Deep's up there. Um, yeah, and then Rio might just be right on. I think those are the top two, and then yeah, for and then it goes with her. And uh, I'd like to put Ruby up there. I don't know that she's shown it quite right. in AEW yet, but um, Thunder Rosa obviously up there as well. Um, yeah, Statlander I think is close. Too. Yeah, I think Britt is better than people give her credit for, but she is still kind of missing one signature match right. of her title reign. Yeah, I, I think the Statlander match was really good, but I definitely agree with over, like Britt's one of those cases where. One side goes too far in one direction, the other yeah. one, you know, it, 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 the truth is, is generally in the middle. Um, seeing these power hosts, this is going to be a good listen tonight at work. Uh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. It's probably not a good listen, but I'm, I, I'm glad you have Saints listen to at work, pal. Um, I'm sure the competition will be sorry to hear that other distraction sayings. I love that, that you can, the idea of just super chain other distraction sayings is tremendous to me. Um, this, this seems bad, Bob. Uh, how in the shit did Bob O'Neill become a feature player on Fightful, a true sign of the times? Um, my answer to that, as most things I can't actually explain, the business has changed. Bob, do you have an answer for that? I mean, it was mostly because of you, to be honest, but... Yeah. Well, you know, I kind of wanted you to say that. I'm glad you did. It's, you know, I do think, Bob, generally, I don't get enough credit for the, for the stars I make around here, you know? Exactly. Do some incredible things when you love the business. Um Incredible. This is I love this super chat, Jabler. Incredible double stand when it comes to Rio's size. Brock and Ray working together is my oh god, tremendous word. Yes. Um I that Ray comparison I like a lot because yeah. Ray is the same in that he weaponizes his size to work a certain way. And I get why people get frustrated when Jim Ross, you know, like he does I understand he says the weight thing a lot when he's around. But I have always thought there was a charm to it purely in the sense that this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. 
Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's such a, like, storytelling tool for her. Yeah. Now, it was times 10 last night because Jamie Hayter is a powerhouse, right? So it was like a natural. You can run that match 100 times over and you'll always have the same, the same dynamic. So, no, I agree with that completely. Ray is actually a very, very good comparison. You tweeted it, people might get mad, but it's a good one. I promise. It is. Um, Phantom here with a super chat. Tremendous super chats here this evening. Crucifix Bomb was the perfect example. Rio doesn't beat you with power moves. She wins with ingenuity. My God. Um, that has always been her strength. Yeah, tremendous. Absolutely correct. And a great example of how, you know, there are certain, some folks will judge her stuff without watching it. Because if you watch it, you can see exactly what we're talking about here. Now, Bob, speaking about things that when you watch them, you'll quickly understand uh, what is being talked about. I actually watched NXT 2.0 this week. Um, I have proof too, which, sorry to hear that. If you go and sign up, latenightgreen.com, you can watch me watching NXT, a live watch-along of the of the world-famous um, developmental product. There's, there's definitely not a third brand anymore. Well, you were froze for like 30 seconds there, and it was incredible. Um, I heard you, I watched, Okay, good. I watched it for yeah. the first time. I didn't like it much, but that's fine. I think there's a very, very real case. Like, you know, I, it's just not for me, and that happens. Mm. But I am really intrigued by this as a bigger topic in the sense that what is success for NXT 2.0? Because I don't want to get ahead of myself. I think we can pretty safely say this is probably not going to be a commercial smash hit. I don't think they're going to add hundreds of thousand people to the viewership they had before. I think mm-hmm. the evidence is quickly <laughs> quickly compiling that that is not going to be the case, right? Yeah. So what is success for NXT 2.0, Bob? Yeah, I mean, like, it's good that, you know, it's development and, you know, it's going to be more cohesive with the main roster. We talked about that a little bit before. Um, I just don't know that, you know, a two-hour weekly television program is in your best interest or is it sustainable, you know, a streaming platform where you can kind of just go back to what you were doing, maybe tape, you know, two or three shows at a time and uh, just make them an hour. Peacock, and that could even get you a bigger following, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Before we go any further, how likely do you think it is that it reverts back to that in the next year, say? What do you think? It wouldn't shock me. Because, you know, like my thing, and, you know, we talked about this a little bit yesterday on Twitter, where, like, I'm, it's it's going to be better than anything else. I can, but then, you know. My God. Brandon, I agree, Bob. God. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I was saying, like, I, I do think it's likely that, they will go back to Peacock because, you know, I told you, like, it's better than anything else they could put on USA, but then we found out yesterday that's not really the case. 
Yeah, it's not ideal. I would agree. Uh, I'm just sorry, but I'm just going to file a complaint to fight for that and get my money back that you're getting paid on my behalf. Just, <laughs> you know, quickly check my check my spreadsheet and make sure that bonus gets to that. I'm messing. Bob's <laughs> bless Bob. He's trying his best. No, I um, I definitely think there is truth to what you said in theory, mm. right? Like, if you build talents that Vince is more likely, Vince and Co are more likely to enjoy and want to want to kind of, you know, write for, that is a positive. Yes. Unfortunately, they are way too spotty with that actual, like, track record, you know? Like, mm. the, Braun is a great example. Like, if Braun's cut, then it's really hard to build guys confidently saying, yeah, they'll love this guy. Um, Bray, obviously, there's, there's other stuff, but, like, it's still a good example of it. There's other guys that struggled, like, you know, Rusev. <laughs> you know, how did they not make Rusev the world champion, right? Like, it's it's really hard to confidently talk about what kind of talent they, you know, they, they kind of, they want at this point. Mm-hmm. Now, there are obviously some big kind of bright spots on this brand. Carmelo Hayes is great. He is not a homegrown guy. I'm pretty sure he's been wrestling for some time. Yes. But, like, this is, you know, he's getting a, He's getting kind of spotlight here, and that's good. Bron Breaker is the big one, where it's like, I think he's had like 15 matches, not even mm-hmm. that. And I just, I don't know how confident I am on them kind of, you know, making the most of him. But the question is, and this is saying that I think goes under the radar a little bit, what is better for Bron Breaker's star potential? doing another year of NXT 2.0 TV or you just throw him in the deep end and say sink or swim, you know, we're going to push you on the main roster. And before you go on this, Bob, the only reason I ask is if NXT 2.0 is going to be a television product only, he isn't really protected on that show, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm I kind of I'm kind of like building the the perception that or the perspective that in some ways, being on that show is worse because you get kind of branded as one of those guys. What do you think about that as a as a general idea? Yeah, no, I think you can bring him up and uh, just kind of have him develop more on the main roster. Like, you know, there's plenty of people there that he can have good matches with. And I don't know, you know, necessarily that continuing to stay down there and just kind of learning the basics, which he pretty clearly has established already, um, is going to do anything for him. It's interesting. This week, obviously, a big topic this week was about the WWE's recruitment, right? Mm. And and it's it's certainly polarizing. People are all over the place on this. And my take is as simple as this. There will be great wrestlers that never work an independent show, come straight out of football and go to WWE. There'll be terrible wrestlers do that. Mm. And the same goes for the guys that, you know, work the independents and get there. It is what it is. You can't, you know, I think anyone kind of looking away from either side, because let's be clear about this, Bob. Some folks do the opposite where they dismiss all the indie guys, and it's like, that's dumb. Yeah. That's, that's, that's complete, that makes no sense. However, you need to have a system that actually enables these guys to learn. And I don't know... NXT 2.0 TV is definitely good preparation for the main roster in the sense that, yes, it's chaotic TV and you cut, you know, these wacky promos, you're a character, all that stuff. But they need live events, right? And 
without live events, which I assume they intend to bring back at some point, I guess. Yeah, I, if I had to guess, they're probably going to bring back like that Florida loop they used to do, yeah. right? Like, I don't think they're going to, you know, do the traveling, you know, we're going to go to three cities across one region in right. a weekend. I don't think they're going to do that, but the, the Florida shows are always smaller anyway. Yeah, those shows, I mean, they're not exactly trying to draw big houses, is what you're saying, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're, they think it'll be okay drawing in those buildings. They're not the biggest, but it's just, it's interesting. I think there's a lot of evidence that suggests that, like, you can recruit every but if the system is is so kind of hollow, you're only going to get a certain level of results. Not everyone is going to be Bron Breaker. He's clearly a natural, right? Like yeah. he obviously has good instincts. And I'm I'm wondering here in this next, you know, we'll see what happens in the next six months. If live events aren't a regular thing in NXT, I see no reason to have that dude just doing like a work, like a, a like a minor league version of what he'd do on Raw or SmackDown. I just I don't I don't get that. The other thing is. If it's now developmental, why even bother trying to re-sign Gargano and O'Reilly? Like, mm-hmm. we're, you and I are wrestling nerds, so we obviously know they're great wrestlers. But, like, the way they produce that show, does it matter? Like, no. I, I don't really get that that element of the, of the like, game plan, you know? That doesn't make sense to me. You've cut – look at the names they've cut. Why are they so desperate to re-sign guys? They clearly don't have anything really – in the grand scheme of things. Do you think that's just – I don't know. Do you think that's a case of the right hand not knowing what the left's doing and such? Yeah, I do. Like, I think that's fair. And I think, you know, maybe you can find somewhere on the main roster for, I'm not so sure about Kyle. I do think for Gargano, you probably could. But like, as far as either of them continuing to be at NXT, I don't really see it. Yeah, it's interesting. Maybe we'll get into that some in a second here. Kate, big star, actual star in the chat, was super chat. She's close to the main roster. The main roster isn't selling or selling slash drawing. Um, unlike you two, are simply built different. I am built different based on Bob's Wi-Fi tonight. He's not built different at all. Um, where does Champa go? So Champa has been pretty outspoken in terms of like not being a main roster guy, right? Like he's made it pretty clear he's not desperate to be going up to the main roster. Um, I'm just. I don't know what you do next with him after he drops that bell. Like, because it feels like he's done every particular angle possible in NXT. What would you, what would be your suggestion for Tommaso Chandler? Is it as simple as he'll be moving on like everyone else seems to be moving on? Yeah. I mean, cause like, I don't know what else he's going to do there. Like you said, so I don't know if you just go to him and be like, Hey, you know, you can go to the main roster if you want, you know, we'll give you a tryout or whatever. Otherwise, you know, I'm not sure what else we have for you here. You want to, you know, hang him up become a coach that's fine but like as far as being you know featured player on tv every week i don't know what we're gonna do with you because there's these names right so like look i saw that um your favorite broadcast journalist dave melts this evening he was talking i want to make this clear he was he did not report that gargano and o'reilly are staying with wwe or any of that stuff he said there is a belief in xt that they're coming back but one of the guys was very tempted by AEW, and he, there's no decision made. I want to make it clear because you know that stuff gets gets out of hand. But if you know the idea that you obviously have those two are kind of narrowing that they're looming over top of all of this thing. You have Roddy, and ironically, you have Roddy, and you have Champa. They're the core guys, right? Who else is like an actual original? Because LA Knight is, yeah, bless him, he's not an original, right? And Pete Dunne is young enough that you can kind of, yes. So. How do you keep those guys 
kind of factored in enough that they still feel like stars by whatever that <laughs> by whatever their perspective on stars is, without making them completely chew the scenery, you know, while around the NXT 2.0 guys. Because let's be completely real about this. As long as they're running PC in front of those fans, or the Capital Wrestling Center, sorry, in front of those fans, they're always going to be more interested in Gargano, in Champa, you know, Riley if he comes back, in Strong. And it's like, well, obviously their presence helps the wrestling show, but is it a mm-hmm. detriment to the development of the, <laughs> of the guys you're trying to develop? I have no idea. What Do you think they have an answer to that? I don't know. Where are you at on that? Yeah, I don't think so right now. Like, it seems they're really just kind of taking it as it comes, which, you know, you should probably have a long-term plan instead. But, like, yeah. you know, because you don't want to lose those guys, but not all of them really fit on the main roster. I think, like, doing what they're doing with Strong, where he's part of a faction that kind of has a mix of developmental yes. guys and, you know, established guys, that's a good thing to do. But they don't seem like they want to just build a bunch of factions. But I think that's a good way to use these guys. Yes, I agree with everything I heard of that, Bob. Um, again, an, incre- an incredible shame from your Wi-Fi tonight. This will be the last time Bob and I ever do a show on Fightful. We've both been fired in the- while we're on the air here, folks. So please, you know, start hashtags. Please sign Bob. <laughs> stuff like stuff of that ilk. You know, we're going to need it after tonight. But it'll be okay. I promise it'll be okay. Demon Grin is correct. Jez would never allow this much NXT to Well, I'm just... I find the... Um, I find the whole philosophy to be intriguing, kind of like hilarious in some ways because it's such a complete divorce from what they've done for the last five, six years. Mm -hmm. I think there's obviously evidence that, you know, recruiting guys like this is better for what they do with their product. You only have to look at the champs right now to know that, right? Like there, there is truth to it. Yes. I just... You tweeted saying the other night, Bob, and I'm sure people got mad at you, but we talked about it a little bit. Like, it is wild the idea that the Undisputed Era never ended up on main roster TV. They never was part of a main roster brand. They were never, you know, in this big angle where they moved up. And do you think that's a case of it never would have worked anyway because the audiences are different? Or is that them overthinking and stuff? Because the more that I kind of ponder it, I think they miss the boat in a major, major way on that whole deal. Yeah, I think they're overthinking it a little bit. Like right after, you know, Survivor Series 2019, when you have kind of all of NXT standing strong at that event, like you probably could have done it there, put them on SmackDown. We talked about this the other day. Mm -hmm. Your top heels are, you know, The Fiend and Baron Corbin. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. So you probably could have slotted them in there somewhere, but... I don't know, like, it's possible the pandemic changed some stuff too. I don't know. Yeah, I. there was a time where I would have told you folks that, you know, like the, well, it's different and, you know, they're smaller guys, but, like, I just, when you look at how Overcole is on that, on that AEW product, and I know it's a different fan base, I get that, but, man, it, it really does feel like that era of NXT will be looked at as kind of a a prelude to what AEW's been in a weird way. Yes. And I can't help but when you see Gargano come out in NXT 2.0, and, you know, I'm watching the people react to it, and, it, and I'll be honest you guys, it stunned me how emotional everyone was because, to me, I'm kind of distanced enough from what that product was that I don't have those, like, fond... The fond memories are there, but mm-hmm. I'm not as attached. 
And it just, it dawned on me, like, when I watched the people react to the attack at the end, and I was like, is this heat or is this people just kind of being sad that it's over? Like, that yeah. was a, you know, that was a real era of wrestling that people enjoyed. And it seems pretty clear Bob isn't, <laughs> isn't coming back anytime soon. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, what do you think, if you were to guess, you and I are doing a podcast in 2031, you know, we're doing the distraction on the ringer. We both sold our soul and talk about guns and shit. And um, I, you know, I say to you, Bob, what was Triple H's NXT? What was its legacy? You know, from about 2015 to 2020. What do you think the answer to that will be? Will it be that was the the final hope, or will it be a complete failure? What do you think? No, I don't know if it's fair to call it a complete failure because for you know three or four years it was excellent. Just you know, someone else came along and was just doing it better. Um, I think and. Uh, you know, once AEW came, and first of all, you know, NXT wanted to do this war, and it kind of changed them to doing week-to-week booking yeah, instead of, like, long-term stuff. And then I just I just think Tony Khan just did a better job of it, too. Like, he doesn't have yeah. necessarily the limitations that Triple H might have had, you know? But, yeah, I mean, that's really what it was, because NXT was excellent for years, and, uh, yeah, it's a shame. Mm-hmm. I like this... Um... I like the comparison of early 90s WWE to NXT 2.0. Hmm. I, yeah. Golden era is obviously it's a different golden era, but I, I do like that comparison a lot. I'm There's definitely a lot of evidence as we, as we kind of enter this new chapter and, and all that stuff where it's like, there's definitely a chance, Bob, that history is real kind to what they did with that NXT brand. There definitely is because we, I mean, you look at AEW's product, they're all over it now. You know, it's only... <laughs> Yeah. We're only two years removed from the war beginning, the war beginning, and there's there's NXT guys all over AEW's product. So mm-hmm. it's certainly um it's certainly interesting to try and figure out, you know, kind of how this how this thing will will develop and such. But do you think this was inevitable or do you think this is a case of the whole war deal like kind of destroying the brand? I mean I don't like. I don't know that they were ever going to have long term success as like a third yeah. brand, um, right. but I think the war kind of sped it up a little bit too. Yeah, that's probably the truth. It right, like the the end result was inevitable, but man, did it accelerate things to lose like that on TV and mm-hmm. the way they had to book stuff. And I have, I kind of I kick this around elsewhere. I think, but like I'm really intrigued by the alternate where. When AEW Dynamite is announced, NXT just announces they're moving forward an hour. And they don't reference AEW at all, but they, they kind of basically tell the audience by doing that. You know, we get our audience, it's going to be shared, so you can watch this as a, as a three-hour block. Yeah. I would love to know how different things are if they do that. Because honestly, I'm not confident they'd be any different at all. But, like, the, the idea that kind of making a fight of it they used NXT as a battering ram, basically, right? Yeah. And there's a chance that, that brand is, you know, its, it's image is diminished as such. They'll never be, it will never ever recover from it. I mean, look, I'm not a big ratings guy, but it's, it doesn't seem like that brand's red hot right now, Bob. Would you, is that fair to say? Yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, the ratings are, are not great at the moment. Um, it's pretty clear a lot of people are not, you know, super thrilled with what the show has become, and that's a bummer. Yeah. So you I mean you're one of the cool kids, Bob? Are you, are you suggesting it isn't it isn't as as hip as as, it, as Michael Hayes intended and as Bruce Pritchard thought it would be? I would agree. Yes. 
Okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> now, folks, we do have uh, Bob is not going to be expected to the corner free tonight. He's done an hour of this program. Also, with his internet connection, it would actually be the corner 90 seconds as he just <laughs> drops in and out inexplicably throughout. We do have a guest planned for the corner free. He's actually just joined in the stream yard here. I will not spoil it. It's a special intro. He tells me something special is coming, so stay tuned. Wow, we, have, we are mere minutes away from a, a, another groundbreaking segment here on the on the world famous Distraction Podcast, which tonight has featured its last episode ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, Bob, yeah, final final subject before we we go to this corner three. Um, I'm intrigued. You absolutely owned me with this Dante Martin thing. You informed me it would be an angle. You was correct. It was an angle. Absolutely right. Made a fool of me. <laughs> Now, my question is, how do you – oh, my goodness, this thing just got insane. This, so, I'm sorry, folks. This show's about to become really something to see. I don't know if, I don't know if our guests can see this down there, but this is going to be something. Now, Bob, how do you book this Dante Martin deal? Does MJF repeat, or do you get creative with it? Yeah, I mean, I think MJF is going to win, but, yeah, I'm not sure that you can just do it, like, straight up. Um and, you know, Dante obviously has friends that, uh, you know, are we going to get like an MJF and Wardlow against Dante and uh, Leo match? You know, that's something they could do. Um, well, I don't know, Bob. Um, it is with incredible excitement that I announced that I believe the corner three match became a corner six, um, which would be, and I'm, I'm looking at the faces, they look bad, they seem to agree this is now a corner six. My God. Well, this could this could be the end of your run on the distraction, brother. I, I mean, I, I I'm sitting here, I'm looking at what's happening. I don't think I don't know if either of them know what's going to happen, but folks, I, I think there's only one way to really lead into this here. As we as we, it, I want to be clear here, Jeremy in the chat asks, it is not Mark Madden. Um, if it was, I would not be here, nor would Bob. It's true. You know, we have we do have, believe it or not, we do have some standards on this program. Um, it is not Mark Madden. It is it's some big stars. Some of which I didn't even know we're going to be here tonight. But there's, there's some big stuff. What was it, Jeff Jarrett? Yes, it's Jeff Jarrett. You'll be seeing Jeff Jarrett in 90 okay. seconds. Bob, you have a minute here. Explain yourself and why you no longer watch Kurt Angle's podcast. Yeah, you know, I do too many watch-alongs, and I'm not really a fan of watch-alongs. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, the thing about, like, I enjoy the Conrad podcast a lot, but you're a guy that's just talent his entire career. You don't really... Uh, you don't really do information, so. Good lord, Bob! This is an absolute all-time Bob. What you have been? You've been something today, right? There's, I don't want, I'm not even going to let you continue to, to splutter and buffer. I'm going to lead to. This is going to be saying it's going to be an adventure, right, folks? There's only one way to set the stage for it. Here we go. Okay. Jeremy, you know what I've got to do here, right? Hold tight. Knocked away and stolen by Holiday. Phoenix has to foul. And a pinnacle ball throws it down. Let me tell you something, folks. 
I'm sitting here. I'm looking at time. Worried about Bob's internet. I'm trying to just keep this thing alive. The great Alex Palowski, who I booked by sending him a message at like four in the morning my time, and he, just his name in all caps. I got him booked. We got across the line. He's going to do the corner three, and I'm, you know, I'm setting it up. I'm kind of, I'm stalling to get to Alex. And then in comes Jeremy O'Neill, 31. And at that point, I'm like, now we're double booked? What, what, what is this anymore? Alex, you go first because you were formally booked and you're being paid handsomely for this appearance. Um, excited to be here, pal? I'm very excited. It's, it's, it is it's as overbooked as a WWE title match. <laughs> um, that. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realize I was going to be doing part of a, a corner six. Um, Me either. Yeah. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> I love, I love that Jeremy f- figured that his co-host had nothing planned for this segment. So just no, not in. at all. I knew, <laughs> I knew what was planned, guys. I'm trapped in a closet over <laughs> sure, here. Yeah. All right, what do, what are we doing? I'm yeah. trapped in a closet here. I, I wore my hat to pay to pay respects to O'Neill, who's never going to be on this show again. True, uh, and I've they heard just, that. Yeah. <laughs> they they threw me in a closet. I don't know what's going on around here. No one tells okay. me anything. Okay, how how is the best way, Jeremy? Do you have something planned for a three minute segment? I sense you don't. A three? No, I was just gonna pop in and make my big announcement. I'm assuming you have not made it yet. I was gonna do it as like the big close, you know, the big, and we were gonna like throw, you know, do a party. Okay, oh. we'll do that afterwards. This should we let the great Alex Palowski just do like an actual corner three? Yes. Assuming yeah. you have something planned, Alex. <laughs> I, I, I did. <laughs> okay. This, this wasn't part of it. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one wearing a weird hat. <laughs> okay, all right, let's just hit the intro one more time for the for the folks. Knocked away and stolen by Holiday. Phoenix has to foul. And a pinnacle ball throws it down. God, that's incredible, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you're on the clock, pal. Go all ahead. Right. There's a, it's a corner three. And uh, I decided to mine about Spider-Man, which is in the news right now. Everyone's talking about Spider-Man, Spider-Man tickets. And everybody's from the old Spider-Man's are going to be back in this new Spider-Man, even all the villains and stuff. And I was a big fan of some of the Spider-Mans from before, but uh, the the Spider-Man that I wasn't the biggest fan of was Spider-Man 3. So this is a corner Spider-Man 3-3. It's a corner 3 all about Spider-Man 3. Okay, so the guy who is, who is the supervillain's coming back into this new Spider-Man from the multiverse is Sandman. And I don't know if all of you are too young to remember Spider-Man 3 when Sandman was in it, but it had the single worst s- scene in the history of cinema where Sandman became Sandman. It was a guy who was just <laughs> escaping from jail and being chased by dogs into some marsh, and he fell into a sand pit. And then we cut to a bunch of scientists who say, hey, uh, I think the sensors say there's something in the pit. And the other scientist goes, it's probably just a bird. It'll fly away when the machine starts up. And they're like, yeah, you're right. It's probably just a bird. Let's go. And they do a thing where a bunch of sand whips around and turns a dude into a sand dude. Now, I don't know what kind of sensors you're running in there, scientists. But if you can't tell the difference between it's the size of a bird and the size of a dude, then that's bad sensors. And the... Like, what are we going to do? What, what happens if it was a bird and it didn't fly away? Then you created Sandbird. We got Sandbird flying around. It's a bird made out of sand. What the hell's that? And like, what, what was the whole point of this if there was nothing in the pit? Would you, like, fuse sand with sand and make sand sand? That doesn't make any sense. 
What if it was a bear? If you can't tell the difference between a, between a bird and a dude, you can't tell the difference between a sand and a bear. Now you've made sand bear. Good job, science. We got a giant bear roaming around Manhattan. This made out of sand. I'm just telling you, this is, this is the best argument that sometimes science isn't the answer. <laughs> Bob says that a lot, actually, about other topics. <laughs> Well, it's 30 seconds left, but I'm fine with that being yeah, there. Just, just hit the outro. Here we go. Here we go. Knocked away. It's stolen by Holiday. Phoenix has to foul. And a pinnacle ball throws it down. So, quickly, before you depart, Alex. Yeah. Can you explain to the people how just awful experience it is when I request you come on this show and the way that I go about it? <laughs> Well, we have been talking about me like guest starring on yes. some of the various Joe Holbert product uh, projects, and all of a sudden I just go, I just hit, get get a DM from you that says Alex Pulowski in all caps. <laughs> I need to know what your schedule is tomorrow. Can you confirm? <laughs> and I was like, for what? And it's just like, it was for for as long as I can have you. It's like, but like for what? It's like for the distraction. <laughs> Yes, yes, sorry about that for the distractions. Like, okay, like, when does that go on? And he'll, like, well, you'll figure out this though. And we kind of like, well, I can't do the whole thing. So maybe I could give you some time, whatever. But I just love the Alex Belowski, what is your schedule tomorrow? Can you confirm? And I had no idea what that was. They, at least you gave him some type of heads up. I just DM people like 30 minutes before the show and be like, what are you doing? Can you do this segment? Yeah. I mean, I just think it's a good way to set the table for it, you know? Yeah. So make sure the guy knows you know his name. <laughs> you go from there. There's, there's something in that, I think. Now, Alex, you are you good to stay for Jeremy's big announcement? Because it is a big yes. announcement. I'm, I'm going to stay for like three more minutes. Okay. Jeremy O'Neill, 31. Please. Tell the people of the, of the big news. Uh, first off, apologies that, that, that I've missed missing shows and stuff. As you can see, I've been locked in a closet for the past four days. I've not been given any type of internet access until oh, just no. now. So that is why I, I finally, I had to, to tell my keeper, beg, like, I need some internet access to make this big announcement. And they were like, fine, here, you have five minutes. I think I've already gone past that. I'm probably going to be punished. Not great. Uh, but big announcement is I people people may know that I wanted to do a series where I watch wrestling with wrestlers and I'm happy to announce that that actually happened earlier today and my my uh series with Jonathan Gresham will debut tomorrow at yeah. 8 a.m on the distraction channel youtube.com slash fightful distraction and youtube.com slash fightful distraction me and Jonathan Gresham will be watching uh, his match against Alex Coughlin from the recent New Japan Strong Show. And not only will we be watching that match, uh, Gresham, we, we did about 40 minutes. And Gresham just provides insights on, like, his philosophy and, and like, how he puts the matches together and, like, breaking everything down the very X's and O's styles. And and I'm pretty proud to announce that Jonathan Gresham and I are pretty much, like, best friends now. So it was, yeah. it was a very good time that, that we had together. So very excited for that. Again, that's going to premiere on YouTube.com slash Fivefold Distraction. 8 a.m. tomorrow. My fault, Jeremy. That smells like big money to me. Give them hell, TK. Speaking, <laughs> right? That's, yeah, that's, yeah. That smells is, like big money to me, seems bro. Seems like seems like that is good thoughts. Um, anything else on this show? Are you guys done? Are you doing a post show? <laughs> I don't know, man. We're doing a post show. Um, <laughs> 
We'll get I'm to not doing Christmas. the post show. I again, I'm over time. I'm going to be punished. You can, but look, Jeremy, you have anything else to promote? Because you can, you can, Bob and I will, will, will wrap this thing up in only fashion we can. <laughs> I don't, I don't really have anything else to promote. Uh, don't follow Robert O'Neill on Twitter at Robert O'Neill31. Don't do sure. that. Uh, don't go to latenightgrin.com. Please do not do that and sign up yep. for one dollar if you're not happy. Uh, O'Neill will give you your, <laughs> your one dollar back. Please do not do that at all. Uh, guys, I do appreciate like all the all the nice messages people have sent as I have I've missed shows and stuff. I, I hope to be back on a, a normal schedule next week. I promise you I'm fine. I'm doing good outside of being, you know, in these confines here. But overall, I actually am doing very good. So I'm good, everyone. But I appreciate all the support and stuff. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you, Alex. Hi, O'Neal. Bye, everybody. Hello, <laughs> <Bye>, pal. <laughs> Alex, I appreciate you joining me tonight, pal. You it do, you do the same. You, pr- you promote your, your many wonderful yeah. shows. Yeah, uh, you follow me at Alex Sourgraps. On FIFA Select, I host the uh, anti-WWE screeds that are called Sourgraps. Occasionally on Twitter, I dunk on people after they've tried to dunk on me and I block their shot. It's just a thing that happens. Uh, so you might have fun doing that. And on Tuesdays, me and the wonderful Kate Hensler, who, like much like Jeremy and Jonathan Gresham, is best friends with CM Punk now because he sent her two, not one, two gifts on, on Twitter. So now they're best friends. She co-hosts with me on Tuesdays talking about NXT 2.0, which, as you guys discussed, is filth. So yes. <laughs> we try and make it fun by uh, by you know riffing on on what the insanity of it. So yes, and it is very fun. Um, I've informed Alex that I don't watch any professional wrestling content, let alone professional wrestling itself. But I once watched Alex's program and I actually tweeted about. It. I was so fired up. Very good what you do, pal. I'm telling Thank you, you. you should, Thank you. You'll make it big one time, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, eventually. Yeah, share the screen with Bob O'Neill enough, and you'll get over. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye, Alex. Speak soon. Bye. Well, Bob, meet again. Yeah, it was fun. It's this point in the show, folks, that I will leave you with Bob O'Neill, who will do a solo monologue on the current political climate. Okay. Bob, the floor is yours. I'm John messing, Bob. (laughs) You should shoot me down when I request things like that from you. I mean, I wasn't going to do it, but, you know. Imagine you did. <laughs> um, yeah, it'd be something. Poor yeah. Bob's froze. He's froze again. Bless his heart. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I don't know what the deal is. I gotta get this figured out because I do too many of these a week to have bad internet. It's fine. You've only got two more shows tonight to do. Um, I'm sure it'll be okay. Apparently, mm. I missed super chats. Mm. Okay, JJ. Alex was outside touching grass and waving the distraction flag. Yeah, Bob Satin. My God. I didn't realize that was the case, but you guys brothers. Just, just mean for no reason. Agreed. Um, tremendous. All out, all over again. That's a great super chat. Thank you, Frank. I think that's all the super chats. If I miss them, I do apologize. Folks, this has been honestly uh, a lot of fun. I'm sorry for it being bad. That happens sometimes, you know. All right. This week has been a real challenge in a lot of ways for, for myself, for Jeremy, in much more you know, legitimate ways, me just in a wrestling podcast sense. Um, anxiety been through the roof. It's been it's been real testing. And we're going to do a little bit more on the post show. I appreciate everyone that's pulled us on here. I have everyone that's, I lo- you know, 
big love for everyone that supports us on um, the Distraction channel, which you can go to the post show on now in about 10 minutes. And uh, latenightgrin.com too. It's, it's a lot of fun. I would throw it to Bob, but I think he'd freeze and would make this less <laughs> sincere and wholesome, which I don't want after this. Right, Bob? This has been a very wholesome show. But, um, yeah, I never thought we'd end up here, Bobby, i got to say. If you'd have told me two years ago when I probably had you muted that we would be sitting here doing a show on Fightful together when I didn't even have a show on Fightful, I don't think I was even writing for Fightful at that point, I'd have been surprised, let me tell you. But I think there's only one way for to kind of sign out on this deal, and we'll we'll throw it to our friend to confirm shoot for a message that in these trying times we can all get behind. Turn your speakers down a little bit, folks. Yeah! For more content like that, you can go to latenightgrin.com and see the great confirmed shoot. He's going to be booking some Texas Wrestling Federation with Bob in a, in a few hours here. But before then, go to the Fightful Distraction channel. Um, JJ, can you put the link? Let me do it. I'm, I'm asking JJ here. Like I actually <laughs> pay the guy. <laughs> Incredible. All right, let me let me uh, link this for people so they can go and check it out. We're going to be doing a post show. You guys are going to decide what we talk about as usual. You know, yes. like very, very Q&A oriented. You don't need to do super chats to get questions. We're just going to read the chat and talk short about Christmas. Apparently that's happening soon. And um, yeah, that link's there. So join us there, folks. This has been an absolute pleasure. Hopefully it's the first and last time that I host this program. Um, and back to our, our, you know, usually scheduled content next week. Thank you. Hall Howe and good night. <laughs>